to Two Slant Trees, the podcast where a married couple get together and read a book together and sideways talk about it. Yes, talk about it on the internet. Um, and if you are not familiar, that is my bedtime reminder on my phone. Um, we are going through the book Pure Pleasure by Gary Thomas. Um, this week, we are going to be talking about the chapter called Spiritual Ferns. Yeah, Spiritual Ferns. But before we get to that, I can't remember what we're going to talk about. Well, I think because ferns grow in a humid environment and they thrive kind of where there's a lot of water. The other thing that thrives around water is... Fishermen. Fishermen. And when fishermen get together, they sing sea shanties. (laughs) And uh, like the rest of the internet, or I don't know, maybe it's just our corner of the internet. I shared this with some people, and maybe sea well, shanties aren't as big as I think they are, but, but I'm just thing. a broken man on Halifax Pier. <laughs> Last of it, Barrett's privateer. But we're not even on TikTok, but we found out about this. That's true, so we found out about it secondhand. Yo-ho, the Wellerman comes. So, if you're not familiar, apparently, like, all kinds of people on, on the TikToks and the other internets are getting into sea shanties, and so Willie already liked <laughs> a couple. I'm going to start a new political website called Parlay. Parlay. <laughs> I demand parlay. Okay. See, I'm not from uh, Jack, Jack, Jack Black, Jack uh, Sparrow, Jack Sparrow, Captain Jack Sparrow. So I, I thought, demand parlay. is this a playoff of parlor? Because yes. is that actually, I always thought it was P-A-R-L-E-R, like English people. I think it is that people, but if it's, it's for pirates, be... it's parlay. Okay. This is. It's a, it's a, a social network just for pirates. Okay. Um, so yes i guess you know how we've had different phases of the pandemic there was like the tiger king phase and then there was podcasting phase yes and then what i can't even remember all of them but like there was summer do you remember that it was like warm outside i actually have two memories from summer (laughs) dear lord and um i feel like i remember there was like whipped coffee phase where people were doing the whipped coffee thing. I didn't do that. And then um, bagels baking. Yes, we. St- I make I make bagels almost weekly. Bagels again. Yeah. Willie, can you say bagel again for me? Boggle. Boggle. <laughs> Boggle. Uh... Now, okay. Here's a. Do you say bagel or bagel? <laughs> Or boggle. All I hear, Jess, what you're saying is you say bagel or bagel, and I cannot hear the difference. All the difference. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. Um, so, yes, people are to sea shanties. What is a sea shanty? It is it's like men work- with beards on boats singing songs. Singing songs to get the work done. But, okay, so I, you know, people were talking about it, so I turned a couple on, and I was like, oh, yeah, I can get behind this, because I posted one on Facebook last week. One's called Four Hours. And it's just talking about the hard work of working on the ship in the like bl- like miserable, it's like miserable four hours workers. in the ship, four hours and it's, of pumping the water out of the sinking ship, and then it's a miserable four, four hours, hours, and then they started, do it again. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is just like motherhood. Like I am sweeping all the time, I'm cleaning up all the time. And or there's other ones that were like, take heart, like have courage. And I was like, I need these things in my life right now because. I am very sick of lockdown. Yeah. Four, the... four hours at a time. We can do anything for four hours. Oh, don't even say that. <laughs> um, yes. So sea shanties. I wake up 
to sea shanties. Willie's playing sea shanties. Yeah, I sure am. I have the Wellerman in my head in the night. Wake <laughs> up, can't sleep, hear the Wellerman in my head. I just don't. I'm not really have no idea what that song's about, right? Because they're mostly no, gibberish. I like, yo ho, the Wellerman. Wellerman comes. Like, is that the boogeyman? So is I it a good it thing if the Wellerman comes? Maybe we don't want him to come. I looked it up, and I guess this. I'll sing the song. The song came out of New Zealand, and um, like there was uh, a ship that it was like the Weller family, and um, they. Where did it come from? And it sank with all hands aboard, and now it haunts. So the no, coast there was the ship that would come, and it was, and so they called it, or the ship. It was the Weller family or something, the Weller brothers. So then, whenever this ship would show up, that would supply their these other ships. It was the Wellerman. Okay. And supplied the tea and sugar and chips. Yeah. So I'm. We will put this in the link. My my top Hawaiian French English. Oh sea yeah, it's my favorite. John Kanak is the name okay. of the song, but yeah, the, the lyrics are kind of rhythmic and stuff. And so, Hawaiian, French, and English. So. Um, so this week, it is called spiritual spiritual ferns. And yes. tying that loop of things that thrive in human environments. That was quite the, quite the leap. I'm impressed. Okay. Um. So I read this chapter and I was like, wow, this is. A sobering chapter. Yeah. So actually, the image that he uses because of uh, of spiritual ferns. Yeah. Is this fern actually in Hawaii? Hey, it ties in. This is great. Um, where a fern that just grows on really steep slopes, it kind of covers up the edge of the slope, and so he had a tour guide just say, "Hey, watch out whenever you see this fern because it's it you're actually really close to the edge of a very steep slope. So if you step on it, it's just a fern, so it'll just crumble and you'll fall down and." get injured or something so that's kind of the metaphor he's using of like what are these things that indicate you are right next to a very very steep slope or or disaster not even just steep slope like he said like um some of them were like almost direct drops <laughs> like yeah not just fall down but like literally like fall, fall off the a ocean. cliff yeah. <laughs> like into your death um yeah so he points out three spiritual friends um that yeah. relate to in this case it's like relate to pl- pleasure but they're kind of like if you get in if you see these in your life like you are near disaster yeah yeah and you said you found it really kind of because you read it earlier this week and then again and i was reading it but you were you just found it like really sobering yeah so yeah why was that um i think it's because they're all things that um i'm familiar with Hmm. Like, not that it's, like, in my life right now, but, like, um, uh, yeah, I guess we've seen, like, we've, we've been married 10 years and, or in J- July, and I guess we've seen enough things in our life that we've seen people have moral failure, we've seen people, like, walk away from ministry, very, like, either burnt out and angry at God, you know, like, yeah, um, so these are all real things. Yeah. Yeah. That could happen to us. Yeah. 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 I mean, so the first one, so here, the, here are the three. It's tiredness, loneliness, and alienation, and lack of joy in life and in God. So, I mean, anybody can look in their life and be like, yeah, I, I could certainly yeah, be Yeah, I've tired. experienced those at different times. Yeah. 
or yeah, lack of joy, you know, that can come pretty easily at various times in our lives. Um, yeah, so, um, why don't you, do you want to cover that, that first bit about tiredness or do you want me to do it? Sure. Well, yeah. So even what he says about tiredness, yeah, well, that it's an indicator of like something worse. I think that what he points out is like Christians who are motivated by a sense of duty, responsibility, performance, or the idea there's no one else there, there to do the job will run themselves ragged. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, kind of find, find different things to, f- to feel fulfilling and just keep on doing them until you're exhausted. Um, and it can be, and yeah, often like, often it can be good things where it's like, I'll just keep working harder. You don't want to take care of my family or there's important work to do, or it's you just have like a busy and full life, but then you just keep going until, until you're really, really tired. Yeah. Um, and just run yourself ragged, run yourself down. Um, and then not, not paying attention to the fact like that you have limits. Mm-hmm right of like yeah knowing yourself um yeah is it yeah to be honest i think this is a challenging one because it's like most things that you want to do are tiring right like we i mean we're talking about this as we came in like that we have kids and that takes a lot of energy yeah we, we didn't do a podcast last week because we were tired yeah and we needed to go to bed early and that was a good thing yeah um self-care on this podcast yeah but i mean i think this is something that i'm really growing in like um not last fall but like fall 2019 i was you know leading a study at church and um you were doing stuff basically we literally had something every night of the week and you know you were kind of like this is too much and i was like well it's like it is what it is it's our life like i mean i grew up you know and i think you did too having you know, our parents involved at church and yeah. all this kind of stuff. And it didn't seem that crazy to have something every day of the week. But looking back, it was like, it wasn't them doing everything. It was like taking kids to hockey or like, yeah. then going to church. And then or like, you know, anyways, it wasn't all church stuff. But for us, it was either work or church. And, um, you know, finally, I was asked again to lead something. And you had said, like, just please don't. Like, it's too much. And I was like, fine. Like, I wanted to. I felt like there was mm. no one else to do it. But I declined and um, I'm really glad I did because it was, I didn't realize how much rest we needed, but also it gave opportunity for other people like that I hadn't thought of to step up and lead the study instead of me. And, you know, it's these principles that I'll like, I have tried to teach other people, like you think you're the only one to do it, but you're not like, (laughs) Hmm. and I'm like, but I am the only one to do, you know, like we have like, I don't know. I think in ministry, we can really trick ourselves to thinking that the rules and the wisdom that we give to others doesn't apply to us. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because it's like, like good work. You know, he gave an example of like, maybe you foster kids and that's great. Hmm. Um, but like your family needs, you know, you, you need to set some limits or like, you know, if you're always getting calls from urgent people from church and whatever, and, you know, do you, and you have another call, do you ditch your family event or your date with your spouse because this thing has come up? Like, if you keep doing that, like, there are pro- clear problems um, because you will get so tired that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually, you know, even just before we got started here, I took a call from work for like uh, almost 45 minutes, I think. Yeah. Um, 
So not to say that we're geniuses at this. No, I, I mean, like normally I would say normally that's not, that's not yeah. typical. Yeah, that's pretty rare. Like you and point. I have pretty strong uh, boundaries about like, like, but we also know that there's time to work harder and longer and times to back off. But yeah. like, I think for us, we have pretty decent boundaries, but yeah. it's just, there's this thing going on this week that's unique and yeah, new for you. Before time. But no, I think yeah, one I of the think... things he says that like really, I think he's said this a few different ways throughout this book. He said, if your spiritual enemy cannot get you to apply the brakes to keep you from ministering, he may as well get you to push the gas pedal to the floor, hoping to drive you off a cliff. I think he said that in a few different ways, like in terms of pleasure, mm. either not enough pleasure or too much. You know, the enemy can use. Yeah. You distract you with pleasure or distract you from it. Um. Yeah. I think this this obsession with ministry and like, it's not even just an obsession with ministry. It's like, but this is good and important work. Yeah. And I, I, I think it happens with any job, but I think <laughs> um, if you do it with ministry, then you blame it on God afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, so that kind of makes it a bit, maybe a bit more insidious where it's like, um, yeah. Um, if I come back to you and, after like yeah i've been out maybe every night of the week with work and i'm like oh well i was doing it for god i can justify myself <laughs> and yeah. or, or, or blame it on god rather than saying oh, i just kind of made bad choices yeah <laughs> i need to sort out my life i had success you know? oriented issues or whatever yeah, yeah. and i think we often think well uh, you know um we had somebody close to us you know tell us some advice when we were first married and they said um you know, I I used to just trust that God would protect my family, hmm. protect us, um, and, you know, kind of lived a little recklessly in that way in ministry. Um, and now he's like, I looked back and see, I could have made better choices that, hmm. you know, like that would have protected my family instead of just being like, okay, God, like, you know, hail Mary for Jesus kind of thing. Hmm. And it can sound, that can sound like a lack of faith, but you know, God has set up the world and he's ordered the world in a way. And tiredness is a way for us to say, to, to <laughs> like sleep, you yeah. know, stop. We're like, yeah. it is your body's way of saying like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's the first, the first fern. If you're tired, rest, go sleep. Yeah. Next one is loneliness and alienation. So if you're feeling lonely or feeling like all like separated people Ugh. in the world. This is depressing right now. Yeah. 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 I think especially since, yeah. Let's just name it. Like it is, um, we're uh, obviously we're recording this after curfew because uh, there's eight o'clock curfew in Quebec but right like now. But like we go anywhere after. Curfew I know, anyways. but we can't even go to church, so it's like every relationship we have is virtual, except for dropping kids off at school. I mean, we have our kids, so that's good. But yes, um, they do bring lots of joy. But in. there's loneliness, and I think that it's like it is a bit different though, because it's like this is forced on us. But it's important even right now to say this is unpleasant yeah right and not to just be like oh it's fine but but to be able to say is unpleasant to say why it's unpleasant and to be unhappy about how unpleasant it is is kind of healthy and to be like yeah "Yeah, this this is not what i want right now yeah i mean i think i was reading this has been studying genesis in two different ways um with bsf and then with my own study Hmm. um and and like, I think it was what Jen Wilkin pointed out that like, you know, God created a man 
and then said, it is not good for man to be alone, like hmm. with Adam and God in the garden. And I think sometimes we can just, we can, people can like <laughs> spiritualize loneliness and saying, well, shouldn't you just be fine with just God? And well, God was like, actually, like it would be, you know, it's good for you to have someone like you. Hmm. Um, and I thought that was, you know, good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like this is one that I've learned to recognize in myself of like, <clears throat> um, what is it? Because, yeah, I guess with kids in the house, I'm never... It's pretty rare I'm alone. Never alone. <laughs> yeah, possibly never. People are always watching me pee. <laughs> what about when you're you not You get to peeing? shower alone. Okay. I don't always get to... They're always peeking in at me. <laughs> Great. So... Uh, Mom life. Thanks for that auditory visual. <laughs> um, but, uh, sorry, about being alone. I think, yeah, I think I've gone through a few different cycles of where I, like, I kind of, like, get off on my own and then I kind of get lost in my thoughts and I've just realized I can I can start to see kind of the signs of that a bit now where it's like oh like I haven't talked to anybody about this and that's why my thoughts are so crazy right now because if I if I said it out loud it sounds nuts and then if I said it to someone else they'd be able to say it's a little crazy but you were just spending so much time in your own head yeah 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 and it's like obviously that's I don't have that problem (laughs) yeah um the but yeah there, there is something where like loneliness makes us or, or alienation, I guess, is probably the better word, of, like, being away from people or not just sharing your half-formed thoughts with people, right? And, you know, being prepared for them to give feedback, good or bad. Um, it does, it, it it makes us less wise. Like, it really makes us mm-hmm. less wise when we, like, so even for you and I, Jess, if, if when we make a decision, just the two of us, um. I, I, still a lot better than when we could make yeah, it yeah totally on our own yeah um but uh if it's if we don't bring other people in it's just like you don't well first you don't have anyone to blame if it goes wrong <laughs> um but also like it's just your your life becomes it's only you and yeah. that is thinking it's, about it only you that can figure it out the and word then, that's common and then these days is like echo chamber yeah yeah and so it's um yeah, I've just seen it, but it's, it's, yeah, it's not just the echo chamber. Like, it's just, it's so intensely it's, I lacking think, wisdom when that happens. isolation, right? There's yeah. isolation. I think, well, here. Yeah, loneliness makes us foolish or stupid. It, um, that seems, like, really well, harsh, but, yeah. We're not meant, we're meant for interdependent yeah. living. So, like, Gary says, like, have you ever noticed how sin isolates us, even? Hmm. Um, that, like, he said, you know, often you can get into this sin pattern and then, and then you find yourself not wanting to be around people because you want to be off doing that sin or you're disappointed that they come home because you can't be alone to do that thing or, um, um, yeah, like, or, you know, over, whether it's overeating or like he gave an example of a man who was like using porn when his family was out of out of home and they would like his family would come home and he would feel disappointed like and that's obviously really sad because that's you know an important emotional connection with your family um but yeah he says like every every sin isolates us and that's like that shame cycle of like Hmm. um of sin etc and um he says as an introvert i understand the need to spend time in solitude but there's a difference between processing and hiding Hmm. um And, but he also said, I thought, this is what I thought was really interesting when he was talking about isolation. Um, 
he said it's especially important for couples um, because, or maybe should I say, is, is, is it, it's not especially important to couples, but it matters to couples too. Because, you know, he's like you were saying, we can make our decision just us, but you and I have a certain way of thinking together and it doesn't, yeah. and it, and it goes in a certain direction, but it doesn't necessarily include all the other aspects that other people can bring to the table, right? Yeah. You know, we were trying to, we were thinking through a pretty major decision in the fall and we brought it to a bunch of different people and they brought up things that neither of us had thought about, you know, and it was good to take in, into yeah. consideration. Um, but um, he said that, um, or it's, he says a lot of, he says, my wife and I have witnessed many couples on the verge of collapse barely hanging on in their marriage virtually without fail the ones who made it through have have enjoyed uh and, and enjoy a, a happy marriage had joined a small group that unfolded the couple with prayer and friendship he said thinking thinking of getting involved in a small group as buying marriage insurance i was just like that is a that surprises me i mean mm. it doesn't it doesn't it surprises me because because we're not part of a small group no i mean i go to one and you go to we I go to separate ones. Go, I don't go to the other one. Well, you go to uh, BSF. Yeah, I mean, we go to we have separate groups we are involved in, but yeah. but that's it's more of a logistics issue with our life and little children right now, you know. Um, but I can see how you know the community of a small group would be obviously supportive in a marriage, um, hmm. but it surprises me that it like it almost he said in virtually almost every case it saves the marriage. Anyways. Yeah, he doesn't really... It makes perfect sense what he says, that being surrounded by community just makes your marriage work better. Yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't actually explain how it works, but it, I don't know, intuitively, yeah. you're like, yeah, like just having someone else to... to uh, having other people to, to bounce ideas yeah. or reflect and, or to... Yeah, even just not... And as a kind of his family, too, he says to, to um, be involved. And that's a good and wise thing yeah and you know talking about this isolation and loneliness thing like i was saying to my friend while chatting on whatsapp you know because we don't actually see each other in real life um you know i wonder how people's like like anxiety social anxiety and even agoraphobia will grow you know over this time when it's like when we're allowed to get back together it's like will people <laughs> like will some people be too nervous and will it yeah. be like we have to like re-socialize more awkward again like i don't know yeah no or maybe we'll be like kindergartners and we'll just like let's be friends and cough in each other's faces all the time <laughs> are you my friend yes you are for a day <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> kindergartens are not always nice let's just say yeah that. okay so the final fern is lack of joy so the ferns are warning signs lack of joy in life and in god mm-hmm so, um, he starts off by saying recent brain research provides many insights into how our minds and emotions work. We know that neurologically speaking, happiness can be acquired, managed, and largely explained through brain chemicals. Um, and, you know, he says laughter, you know, causes chemical reactions, etc. Um, ha, 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 ha. There's a chemistry experiment for you. Um, but he says when, like... When I lack joy in life or when daily existence becomes drudgery, I became a walking time bomb. If someone criticizes me, I will likely respond in anything but a godly way. Hmm. Hey, this sounds like me. 
<laughs> just thinking about last week. I had an angry week last week because I was just like feeling so sick of this stupid pandemic and lockdown and, you know, mad at all these people who are not following the rules and ruining it for me. What is it? What's... Is amnesia a fern? Because you don't remember anything? <laughs> I don't really remember this. You don't remember me, like, screaming at the children last week? You're like, I don't remember anything abnormal. It's all blacked out. <laughs> so, like, that's pro- that's got to be. Well, no, that's but gonna, you do remember me ditching you. The fern is amnesia. When I was like, I am not going to be there at supper. You deal with the kids. I'm going to McDonald's and calling my mom. And yeah, you're but like, that was like three oh. days ago at least. So it's hard to remember it that Thursday. far back. It was Thursday. <laughs> Anyways, um, I don't know why we're laughing at this. This is because you and I are sad, like laughing it... or crying. We do that, and then we yeah, choose to laugh. I think we need to have these laugh meetings regularly. It's it's sometimes true, we do this help. where it's like, here's everything that's going on. I have no solutions, but I'm going <laughs> to laugh at it. Um, <laughs> but uh, what he says, I will likely respond to any in, in anything but a godly way. Yeah, that has hmm. been maybe me because of like deep seated anger. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm working on it, but um, yeah. Willie's bedtime reminder just went off. Yeah. Um, but he says, when I in- intentionally pursue holy and good pleasure, it amazes me how much more patient and understanding I can become. Hmm. He says, when someone criticizes me unfairly, I can actually feel sorry for their insecurity or misery rather than vegetable about the hurt that they inflict. Um, yeah. That's kind of an interesting one where it is important to take, to, to have enough joy in your life, I guess. That you can actually be useful for others, you know, mm. where it's like their chaos. Um, you can shrug it off a bit and not like react in the moment or, 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 or be really like engaged with it where you can be like, oh, no, like that, that is unpleasant for them. Yeah. But, but I am you're... not going to be unpleasant yeah. back. Either joy you or know? security. Yeah. But like. I think security kind of you can I don't even be legalistic about it. Like I'm really secure, but if it's like, you know, it's like, well, no, I I just had like a delicious meal, and I'm just not going to get angry about that. It's like, you know, like I've just got I'm just. What you ha- think is just so different than me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like it's just harder to be angry when I've had, you know, if I just like got back from a nice walk or got a croissant or something, you know. That's true. It's like I'm just going to be a bit more calm in how I respond to people, and so it's like. Okay, well, so, can you take responsibility for yourself, knowing that like life is hard? And sometimes you can predict in advance what conversations are going to be challenging. So it's like, well, go like do something you enjoy before that, eat a bagel, rather than um, just burrowing into how hard it's going to be. Yeah. Willie's heart is through his belly. It's way very much hard. But it's. Becoming through music, sea shanties are, are rising. <laughs> when you were also listening before sea shanties, you were listening to like, was it like it's kind, kind of, of blues music? But yeah. it was like kind of, it was kind of like gospel-y. gospel-y too, yeah. right? That'll be another episode. My uh, current Spotify roamings. Um. So yeah, he basically he okay he also you know um makes reference to his book sacred pathways and that was it's a book that's about different ways to connect to god yeah um, i think i kind of understood his book i think i found sacred pathways a bit cheesy i think i yeah breezed through it in the past but now i kind of get it it's like um actually i think it took it too seriously before realizing it's it's about what do you like and it's okay to do what you like <laughs> yeah. you know and so it's like okay so i feel like because you were go- like mad you're like i don't no. love god through nature you know nature. <laughs> stupid nature. <The> lord god <laughs> doesn't like trees 
but he does like trees you know it's... he created them yeah so um to say what Some people it's okay really to like just say really. what do you like right yeah it's okay to like trees yeah um, I can't. I yeah. I can't get over how many there are, you know. Like even just one, they're kind of impressive. But there's like, there's like, there's like a thousand trees. I, I at least. Yeah, there's like the whole world, probably probably like a hundred thousand trees in the whole world. For sure. Just so many of them. <laughs> it's like a jack number. Um, yes. So, um, he says, remember. Drudgery, a dour attitude, an attention-filled spirit, all warn that we may be headed for a fall if we don't turn around. Hmm. Um, dour. Yeah, dour? Dour? D-O-U-R. I don't know how to pronounce it. Well, certainly not Always. like a backcountry hick. <laughs> a dour bagel. <laughs> okay. So, um, just for those of you who don't know, both of us grew up in backcountry hick towns. So, that's why I can say that. Um, so, but here's, okay, this is also the part that was sobering. He says, is this heading called, it's the second injury that will stop you. He gives a, he gives a running analogy, right? Um, yeah. you know, he, he hurt there. himself, you know, training for a man, uh, for a marathon. He's like, it's, it'll be fine. And then he kept pushing and, and it, his knee like exploded. Yeah. Uh, and so that's why you don't run <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay so the image is if you get hurt get better before you like push yourself yeah because once you get hurt again it'll be a lot worse yeah and um yeah i find it alarming because yeah i don't know why i find it alarming mm. i think it's because i mean I, you see people who you know go through burnout or something and then like don't actually change Hmm. Or, you know, like, I guess there, in the last couple of years, there have been some pretty significant, you know, um, announcements of moral failure. You That's know, I true. think of, you know, Ravi Zacharias, like, that story is, hearing some of the quotes of the, the women, you know, that he had assaulted, like, some of them said, like, he, he said, you know, my life is so, it's the burden I have for God, like, my life is so hard, and, you know, hmm. and it's just like, that's disgusting and terrible. And um, he had so many cha- opportunities to change. And, you know, I guess, I mean, he never had, a, he never was stopped. Yeah. And now, yeah, the whole, his whole reputation is totally destroyed. Yeah. And the whole organization that he built. I mean, or that was kind of built around him. Yeah. Or, is... you know, other people can come back from moral failure in some ways, but, um, obviously there's devastation that is caused it's not just about like you know you you having burnout because burnout let me tell you is devastating and you know not something i would wish on my worst enemy um it's a terrible experience and yeah it's just um maybe that's why i find it like sobering because i i guess imagining like if i had not changed after that experience like 12 years ago um yikes <laughs> we probably would be married or maybe we would but i would not be as i would not be the person i am today mm. um but yeah so i think you know it's important to to when you have an quote-unquote inner injury to to like honor it and to treat it with respect 
that experience and to like hmm. get healthy yeah in a real way like not just like you know if you become depressed not just like wait till this is over but like really pursue try to recognize why change. it happened yeah. yeah what needs to change yeah um yeah and some of yeah some of it's just having the right diagnosis right like or even yeah you have to learn learn to know yourself of like what what is an injury and what kind of a funny example where i feel like i'm getting older uh last week uh yeah a week ago there was a lot of snow mm-hmm. so i took the boys out to the park and it was like so we were rolling snowballs and building a big snow fort because the snow was just right for that um so jack rolled a great big snowball and said dad put it on the fort so i picked it up <laughs> and i just wrenched my back and i was like i got it up there you know at great expense to my body. You couldn't like, and then do I anything just, the rest of the day. I like at the park. I just had to sit down. <laughs> How did you and walk then, home with both of them? Very slowly, <laughs> and I very. I was like, I very carefully said to them. I was like, boys, you cannot. Like, you have to hold my hand the whole way home. So it's like they run ahead and you have to yeah, chase them. Yeah. I was like, no, you're holding my hand the whole way, and they didn't really like that because they feel like I'm treating them like a baby and all that. But yeah, then I got home and I was like, yes, I'm. I'm gonna lay on the couch the rest of the day because I can stand up now. <laughs> But if I do, I'm going to be a wreck the whole rest of the week. Right? Yeah. And you were okay by the next day. By the next day, I was yeah. pretty much fine. Um, Timmy and I did some yoga. <laughs> Timmy's 18 months, so he likes to, he kind of gets it. You lay on your belly and stretch your back out. But then, I mean, and just like, yeah, laid on the couch with Tylenol and, and a, a hot pad. But yeah. like the... Uh, and it's, yeah, I guess knowing knowing what's hitting you and if it's hitting you hard or not. Like, yeah, I think I don't know, I've hurt my back different little ways in the past, too. But if that had happened even 10 years ago, I'm like, yeah, whatever. But now... Well, it wouldn't have hurt in the same way. Yeah, it probably wouldn't hurt the same way. I mean, you are 35 now. That's I'm middle-aged if I'm going to die at 70. <laughs> uh, not That's not my plan. Um, But the... I think, yeah, it, there was just like, for me, it was like kind of a a very clear, I'm like kind of feeling a little bit old, but it's like, I need to rest or <laughs> this is going to do me in. Yeah. And, um, and that shifts over time too of like some things it's like, yeah, maybe at sometimes you can just like power through some things and it's like, yeah, this, this is painful, but I'll just gut it out. And it feels a bit, a bit embarrassing that you lift up a snowball and, and your back goes out, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're not you're not a youth anymore. Yeah, yeah. But like, oh yeah, obviously, if I'm lifting emotional snowballs, um, <laughs> you don't necessarily get stronger over time. Sometimes you get weaker. But it's not like you're like, oh, like you can be sad that you got weaker. But the wise sad. thing is to take a break. Yeah. You know, not just to be like, oh, I used to be able to handle this. It's like, well... If you can't, you can't. You know, yeah. like it's just accept you, your limitations. Yeah, yeah. So, I feel like I still found this chapter maybe more hopeful than you did. I'm not sure why. No, but. I mean it's it's like sobering is not hopeful. It's just reality. Yeah, I guess sobering. I guess I took that as negative, but I guess being sober is probably a good just thing. it's like you know being aware well. and like um, aware of the the reality. I guess. Yeah. So he he says. Um, he kind of closes off the chapter and he says, um, ask yourself these three questions. Am I consistently tired? Do I feel really lonely? Am I living, worshiping and ministering out of sense of joy and delight in the Lord? Or do I feel driven by frustration, duty and obligation? Mm -hmm. He says, if any of these prove problematically for you, 
Uh, you're entering the danger zone. If two re- resonate, you're teetering on the edge and should make some major changes in your life right now. And if all three characterize your life, may I suggest you visit someone today who can provide pastoral care and help you back on a solid path. Mm-hmm. The stakes are high and the battle is real. Let's take the spiritual fern seriously. Let's help each other learn how to di- diagnose spiritual ills before, before they become spiritual disasters. And on that note, we will see you next week. Yeah, see you next time.